everybody. Welcome to the Infinity Bros podcast, the only podcast that is perfectly balanced as all things should be. I'm your host, Max Mosier, here again to discuss She-Hulk episode two with you from the MCU. I am joined with two other Infinity Bros today. On my screen to the left, it is Infinity Bro Mark. Mark, how are you? Uh, I'm doing great. Glad to be here. Glad to give the Infinity Bros universe another round of She-Hulk reviewing. Very good. And on the right side of my screen, it's Infinity Bro Isaac. Isaac, how you doing? I'm doing great. <clears throat> I love that uh, both Max and I are just sitting in anticipation of of what Mark is going to say in his intro. I feel like we're just like <sighs> I always have a smile, but it's also a fearful smile. <laughs> it's it's the oh no type of smile. Oh my! Please don't, Mark. Don't do this. <laughs> You said earlier, if you'd like to hear more, we do 30 minutes before on a Patreon uh, podcast. You can see the link in our show notes to see that. We we talked about during that time that Mark has not said anything that's cancelable. I always hold my breath, though. <laughs> because you've said, said cancelable stuff? I'm... I'm sure I have, but I also know that I would edit anything that I feel would be cancelable out for you. I wouldn't let it get out oh, there. Yeah, well, I thank you for that. Like, as I said, I think Facebook wise, I think I'm pretty good. But I think like Twitter, like I just wonder what I did as like. Uh, like when I went to the tech school and play football, sure. there, what could have been said on there? But I, for the most part, I feel like I was mostly PC or at least PC for the time. Um. Also, too, if you want to hear us talk about some rumors that are going around about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, talk about the Spider-Woman movie with Olivia Wilde. You can check that out on the Patreon as well. Before we dive into our show today, we we have so here's a question for you guys. If somebody redoes their review, so they did review, but they redo it on iTunes, do we read it? Like they they went in and edited their review to write more or less stuff? Correct. Or they did another review. They it's the review number didn't change. We've, we've gotten more reviews, but this review was already given to us by somebody. So they edited their review. Well, what's what did they change? It's a completely different message. I'm saying, do we read that message? Yeah, I think we have to. We're at a crossroads as a podcast. If it's a five star, then we read it. So if it's like a three star, do we just like t- yeah. publicly humiliate them? What do we do? Yes, it, absolutely. Did it, okay. did it go from a five to a three star? It stayed. It was a five. It stayed at a five. Oh, OK, okay. good. All right. Okay, here we go. I'll read it. Here we go. <clears throat> you can leave us a review on iTunes and uh, Spotify. You can't leave a review on, I- on Spotify. You can leave us a five star, and apparently we've been getting more five stars on Spotify. We're at like 17 on Spotify. So thank you for whoever's doing Sweet. it. Sweet. Cool. Uh, this comes from Leathernator. He's, he or she says, never a dull moment. The bros do a fantastic job expressing new ideas, theories, and insights to current and past slash future events in pop culture. The chemistry between the bros is what keeps people like me interested. Highly recommended. To anyone, and I say, I'm sorry, highly recommend anyone take a look. Also, check out their Patreon. They have exclusive content that's gold. They let Infinity Bro Mark loose. It's a great time. <laughs> he loves that we let Mark loose on the Patreon. Patri- I just imagine, like, if this is a cartoon and, like, they did that, it's like, I'm, like, in a cage. And, like, in Patreon, you guys, like, let me out. I'm just, like, ravaging the room. You're like the Tasmanian devil of the Infinity Bros podcast. And then you like then you like throw like 
like a neck break, like a neck collar on me. <laughs> or like that that uh, grasshopper in a bug's life when they just like let him loose on all the ants. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah he's That's the Emil Blonsky just sitting in his little cell, <laughs> just waiting, just waiting. I'm to- I'm totally rehabbed. Cross the old line. He's writing haikus for everyone. Yeah, I would love to hear a, a haiku from Mark. Next podcast. Let's dive into She-Hulk. I don't think anybody came here to hear our old reviews. Uh, this, If you have not heard our podcast before and this is your first time, you can go check out our episode one review of She-Hulk. It's in the link in the show notes. Also, Infinity Bro, Robbie and Mark. Mark's doing double time two days in a row. This is going to be episode 133 uh, because episode 132 is going to be Robbie and Mark discussing the newest episode season premiere of House of – is House of Dragons what it's called? Am I correct on that? House of the Dragon. Dragon. House of Dragon, the newest um, installment in the Game of Thrones series. So you're not going to want to miss that if you're a Game of Thrones fan. It's great content. Make sure you check that out as well. Before we dive into anything, though, we want to make sure you're familiar with our rating system and how we rate things on this podcast. So I'm going to go ahead and put that bumper right here. Here on the Infinity Bros podcast, everything is ranked from a zero to six point scale. Zero meaning horrible and six meaning absolutely excellent. If all of the Infinity Bros rank something a six, it gets an Infinity Snap. Isaac, before we talk about the spoilers, episode one, just broad strokes, real quick. Like, what was your rating and, like, quick thoughts of episode one? I would give episode one a five out of six. Basically, kind of along the same lines that you did uh, with your guys' review. Um, Great episode. Great premiere. I think uh, there was maybe a few little question marks with CGI, but definitely improved from the first trailer that we um saw so i think they they worked on that did a little better job still there's this with even this and episode two there's still this weird uncanny valley like um kind of oddness going on with jennifer walters and i it's probably just the way it is so i'm i'm gonna get over that it is what it is uh but yeah it's it was a solid premiere um made me really intrigued for the rest of the show so five out of six yeah, Mark gave it a 5.1, Mark. Robbie gave it a 5.2. Mark what gave Mark it a... Gave a five? Mark, you gave uh, it a 5.1? I think I gave it just a 5 out of 6. Was it a 5? I gave it a 4.8. 9 or something like that. 4.9, yeah. I'd, I'd, yeah, 4.9, 4.8. Because remember, we both we both gave our ratings, and then Robbie's like, how could you like talk to <laughs> And then he about gave it? the same, <laughs> same rating. He, yeah. He's like within a couple decimal points, and he thinks he's, <laughs> he's the top dog. That's typical yep. Robbie, yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. Classic. Robbie always thinks he's the top dog. So yeah, it's and he is Wolf Wolf, right? Wolf Wolf. Yeah. <laughs> Bow wow. Someone in our Discord is like, "How do you like?" We apparently crapped on it the whole episode. I was like, "Did we? Like, was that the vibe oh, that we, we did?" Gave up? No, I, oh, I agree. Actually, I think we did crap on it. I think we just. All right. I think we we had harsh criticisms, probably very light stuff, but yeah. It's well, and I think we, that's what our our about. show has been pretty critical about these Disney Plus shows. I don't know. Like, I, I was listening to a podcast the other day that was saying, like, oh, I loved Miss Marvel. And I'm just like, sitting there, like, pathetic. Like, that's what I meant. <laughs> like, you're that meme. <laughs> you're the meme of uh, James Franco looking down at Tobey Maguire. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what I do like- every time someone rates Miss Marvel or WandaVision. <laughs> so I. <laughs> Anytime anybody even mentions WandaVision. No, I'm Mark. I'm like that TikTok with the cat on the stairs in the dark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah. <laughs> All 
uh, we're going to go ahead and spoil this episode. So uh, if you have not seen it yet, this is your final warning. This is your spoiler warning. This is... Prepare yourself. At Infinity Bros. Prepare yourself. Spoiler. Ah! Warning. Uh, She-Hulk. Talked about it last week. Tatiana Maslany plays Jennifer Walters. Getting Mark Ruffalo back as Bruce Banner. He was in this episode again, which is pretty cool. We get the premiere of Tim Roth as Emil Blonsky. Uh, and then Ginger Gonzaga is playing Nikki Ramos, excuse me, as the best friend. And then we got introduced to the family, which was pretty cool as well. Uh, Mark Lynn Baker playing the dad. Uh, I'm trying to find the mom. The mom's not listed on my list. We'll find her later. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Tess Melise Kincaid played Elaine Walters as well. So, uh, Mark, let's go ahead and start with you. What is your rating of episode two titled Superhuman Law of She-Hulk? Um, I love this episode a lot more than I did the first one. Because <clears throat> I got over my, uh, my uh, the way she looks when she turns into She-Hulk. But I, I'm giving this a 5.8 out of 6. I had so much fun watching this episode. I really loved what they showed us and kind of like, you know, we finally got into like, okay, she um, is at this new job as a lawyer because she couldn't find another job and now has to be the defense for abomination. And then we get a little insight of where, you know, Bruce Banner, smart Hulk is or going. And then it leaves us with a cliffhanger and, you know, I wanted more. So maybe that, you know, that point two that we're missing is it's a little short, but you know, I can't, you know, they Disney plus owes us nothing. So I'm just thankful we got 30 minutes. You're preparing for what I'm about to say. (laughs) You're totally like laying down the framework before I say something. Go ahead. All right, Isaac, I think you're going to have the same criticism. So I'm going to go next. You're going to have similar criticisms in the, in on one thing. I know, because we both talked about this, uh, not during, um, Patreon, but pre-show offline. Yeah, I'm actually, Mark, I'm with you on the rating. You and I are pretty much aligned. I'm 5.5 as well. So I said this last week, this show, what it has going for it is all this cameo and all this talk about everything going on in the MCU. So when Tantia Maslany is sitting at dinner with her family that she clearly doesn't want to be at, that I felt totally encompasses getting together with a family. Like I felt that scene in my bones. I loved that scene. It was so perfect. And you guys know my dad and my parents really loving, great, supportive people, very positive people, very positive people, incredibly obnoxious people as well at times. And this is how I felt. I I really connected with her on that so much. And, um, but I, I, I love how they're talking about Hawkeye at that. And then like, Emil Blonsky's in it and he's way different than eight years ago. And I think that's going to be a criticism of this show. And I, I was like, no, it's he's changed in eight years. Everybody's changed in this universe. I can buy that. And I just think this show has a lot of potential to explore the corners of the MCU that don't get their moment in the sun in the movies and on the TV shows. And I'm really excited about it. So, yeah, I'm with you, Mark. I, this is a way better episode than episode one. Personally, I think this I'm, I'm kind of shocked that Marvel didn't put them together released because I would have watched this and been like, this is way better than episode one. Like what they do with the WandaVision with episodes one and two, just right. Yeah, I, I think they're still trying to figure out how to do this release thing. And I think that would have helped like with the the shortness of the episode, because that's my main criticism 
my only two criticisms of this show right now are one, the CGI continues to be an issue. It's not as big of an issue to me as other people. It really only knocks it like a little bit. I, and that's the whole thing. Like, I don't feel like it's that bad. Like, it's not. I don't know. No, it's it's not biblically bad, but it's yeah. like it it's is it is Dr. jarring. Strange third eye bad. Oh my gosh, yeah, it's not that, but it's close. But here's here's kind of where I'm with Isaac, and this is the rant I'm going to say. You can't tell me you can't give me four more minutes of character development. Like you can't tell me there's not one more scene talking with Nikki about the consequences of taking this case. Do you think there is a discussion? I'm sure that has to be said, like, hey, you know, Mr. Feige, should we have more time or does that dilute the whole story? Like, do we actually need that? Would it be- would it actually better the story? Like, that's what I'm thinking. Or would, or would people now criticize and be like, why do we have this four minutes of them just talking? We don't need that. Like, I just feel like that would be the new thing. But from a storytelling perspective right now, Mark, a lot of her key decisions are based off of Bruce. Now, he's gone at the end of this episode, and I would assume he's gone for the rest of the series. And maybe we get that later in the series. Well, I think that's, yeah, that was kind of... But the point I'm making is we're only already two episodes of a nine-episode season in. That's just tough for me. Again, it's not a huge knock yet. It could be a huge knock if we get to episode five and we keep having this issue. But the timing thing, and this is a bigger issue. I don't think this is just She-Hulk. I think we could have gotten another four-minute scene. It was very... The beats were great. But I really wanted her to talk more and wrestle with this. And the only thing that is bothering me now with Tatiana Maslany's Walter's character is I like her sass. I, I like it. I think it's it works for the character. If you're going to say quotes like in episode one, I was right and Bruce was wrong. You got to back it up more with the actions. And. There are just moments that feel like Walters is getting things more easily than a character should. And I know that's a big criticism a lot of people have of episode one. Mark, you and I talked about that last episode. Do we think she's a Mary Sue? I don't think she's a Mary Sue. I do think this is a threat, though, for Marvel if they don't write this correctly. And I need her to wrestle with something as a character. That's really kind of what I'm asking for from this show. Is it the fact that is she going to rage Hulk out? Is there going to be a moment where she loses her marbles and she actually can't control this? Is it this this case? And and maybe we found out our answer at the end of the episode. This case is going to turn her ethics and life upside down within her family. That's just the only tension I feel. I'm giving it a five point five, though, because this specific episode is so much fun. I was very long winded. Isaac, I'll I'll let you take it. Go ahead. We can talk more about the rest of it. I'm like right along with you guys as well here. I give it a five point five for basically the same reasons you guys have mentioned already. I do want to touch on the CGI point because I want to like, I'm kind of on your side, Mark. I don't think the CGI is that bad, but when we have CGI now that is so good, it's still noticeable is what is what it comes down to for me. Like I noticed that the CGI is not as good as other movies that I've watched. If I watched this 10 years ago, I absolutely would not notice that because, you know, it just like back then it was just a different world. Um, but yeah, I just I think it's something it it probably comes down to it's a TV show and they're not putting the budget into these TV shows that they would a giant production like movie. And, and that's OK. Realistic. And that's OK. That's a green person look normal like it's not going to look normal. No matter right. How that's much that's the other thing that's my I've been saying from the first trailer that there is this weird uncanny valley effect that even if the cgi was perfect it still would look weird because she's just a giant green woman and 
It's hard to, cause we don't have nothing to really compare it to. Totally. So it looks just odd. Um, so I think there's an aspect of that, which is why I'm not knocking it that much. Uh, but there are some weird animations with like her hands specifically every once in a while. I notice like her hands doing something weird or, or like interacting with something and it just looks funky. Uh, so that's, that's one knock I have on it. I don't, I'm not going to dwell on that because again, I don't think it's bad enough to be like, this is horrendous and Marvel should redo everything. Uh, but yeah, the other thing was I got to the end of this episode and I was like, that's it. This was like I thought it was like a 20 minute episode. And I think the runtime huge, huge bummer, Isaac, huge bummer. Right. I, I think the official runtime of the actual episode was you were saying like 22, 22, minutes, 22, minutes. 22, 22 minutes. So That's it's like ridiculous. Yeah. Just disappointing is really what it comes down to. I was like, man, like it was so good. It was a great episode. And here's the thing, though, even with that short runtime, they accomplished what they meant to without rushing it. And I think that's a point to what you were saying, Mark, is that like, did we need more in this episode? I'm not sure, but I would have loved more because I got to the end of this episode and I was like, wow, I feel like I got cheated a little bit because I wanted to watch a at least a 30 minute episode. I mean, they've been running like 30 to 35 minutes with most of these Disney Plus shows. So I was just like, oh, man, it just felt so short. And I, I just wanted more because because that episode was so stinking good. Did they say like this was going to be like like twenty two minute runtime? Wasn't that what they promised us? They 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 have said that this was going to be a thirty, and they use the terminology Ally McBeal. There are quotes that said thirty minute Ally McBeal, thirty minute uh, uh, lawyer lawyer show lawyer comedies, right? And I think that's to their credit. I think that's if that's what they're going for, they're going to do a great job, and it is making this feel more episodic which we haven't gotten in a Marvel Disney plus show at all. Like if you, if you crammed all of these together, they're like four hour movies, right? Like they're, that's what it is. The episodic nature, making it feel like a TV show actually feels kind of nice. So I'm, I'm, I'm with that. Isaac, I'm glad you said that because that's the reason I'm, it's not knocking the score for me is I felt cheated. I agree. I'm not like, I'm not going like the route of like, oh, it it really made me hooked. So that's why it's a good thing. No, no, no. It needs to be longer. I hope again, I said this last week. I hope Marvel can figure this out long term. Make it just 10 minutes longer. That's it. It doesn't need to be this huge long time. Just 10 minutes more. I I hope they can figure that out. Make a comment today about talking about episodics. Like it's so short. Like they should just release it all together. If they're going to have episodes this short, like why do I have to wait every week for a short (laughs) episode? And someone replied like, that's standard television. <laughs> that's and they're literally like, well, that's not the days we live anymore. It's like, you you think <laughs> everyone does that? It was Netflix who does that. No one else really does that anymore. Netflix is the only company that dumps all their episodes at once. When I first heard it, Mark, that was what I thought. That was what I thought. I was like, then just dump it all together. But you're absolutely right. Like, this is standard television. That's what they're doing. And it's it's keeping us in it. And 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 they're on a streaming app where it's a monthly subscription so if you do nine exactly you have to subscribe to probably two and a half or three months worth of disney plus to watch the whole thing right and now it's coming back and biting netflix in the butt because they're realizing crap we dump all this stuff people binge it in two days and then they just cancel their subscription and they've been they've had like i don't know what it is millions of of lost subscriptions over the past like couple year or year or whatever it's been 
and their model was like, we'll just put out so much content that you'll just keep your subscription. And that's not really the case. So, yeah, well, because there's so much content and like most of it is mid to low tier content. So like nobody's keeping their Netflix subscription for, you know, this like rom-com that feels like a Hallmark show. Like maybe, maybe, maybe there's one or two people out there that are keeping it for that, but generally it's not capturing everybody uh, that Netflix thought they would. So I think, I think, and then they did, uh, they did the thing with uh, stranger things where they released half of the volume or half of the show on one date and then waited another like month and a half to release the second half. Like I, to the beginning of the next month, right. They're, they're experimenting and doing, starting to do things this way because they know that that's and, and hurting they've done them. a few shows in the past where they released it on a weekly basis, but you know, not a lot. Right. Look, I get it. You're lazy and coffee from the grocery store is just as good as ordering from somewhere like mini worlds tavern, right? Wrong. That's dumb. And you should feel so dumb for thinking that. Does your local grocery store donate a portion of their proceeds to charity? Actually, you know, if they do that, that is kind of awesome. But we guarantee that Mini World's Tavern does that. Besides, it's not like your grocery store provides an amazing monthly blend with added RPG themed bonuses. That's a limited edition Mini World's Tavern exclusive, baby. They are the online coffee brand that's perfect for game night. Guys, I should know. Before every podcast and every time I go live on Twitch, I fill an entire bathtub full of great old one, and I do my best Lord Harkonnen impression. Guys, grab a bag for yourself right now. Go to www.miniworldstavern.com slash theinfinitybros, all one word. And guess what? You're going to save yourself 10% at checkout. So in the aftermath of Titania's defeat, Jennifer Walters gains a reputation as the new superhero dubbed She-Hulk. So an interesting piece of trivia on this is the scene with the gentleman speaking to the reporter was a pretty much side-by-side similar scene to the Incredible Hulk when the Hulk was revealed to the public. And there's this like guy who's like, yeah, it was some kind of Hulk, um, which I thought was really cool. I saw like an edit of that where it just lined up. It's pretty much beat for beat the same style of 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 discussion. There's two. There, there's a funny thing on the phone we'll talk about in a bit. There's also a couple things at the end of the episode I want to talk about that are very, very interesting Easter eggs. So we're just going to go through the rest of this episode. Just a heads up to I'm sorry for pausing. But if there's certain Easter eggs, we're going to save for the end, Mark, that uh, the one you shared. I want to save that for the end. Um so she's fired. She's immediately fired. So the, the title changes for attorney for hire, which I thought was really clever and cool. Um, and she's going from place to place to place. And after several failed attempts, she finally ends up getting work with Holden Holloway at GLK and H, which is the firm she works for in the comics initially. But the catch that she has to do is that she has to be the she Hulk with this. What did you think of this wrinkle in the story for her as a character? I thought it was great because and I was like fully expecting that when he said, I mean, we've we've seen previews like I think you guys mentioned they've showed a lot of this show that I'm hoping is in the very early episodes. Um, but they we saw a clip before that said that he wanted her to be the head of the superhero superhuman law division. And we are so we already kind of knew that. And basically from the moment that he stepped in the bar and wanted to hire her, I was like, oh, yeah, they're going to they're going to make sure that she's she Hulk as the, 
you know, attorney. So I, I expected it, but it didn't make it any worse. I thought it was, I thought it was a great um, bit because she's going through all this, like getting not hired by all these other law firms because of that reason. So it just made sense that it was like, all right, well, this is it for you. You got to choose to be an attorney as She-Hulk or just not be an attorney anymore, apparently, because she was Googling other other jobs on the couch with her associate there. Got a swaggy corner office. So, I mean, True. there's that. Exactly. She probably getting six figures because her, her paralegal friend is like, you know, you can afford this stuff now. So... Yeah, it was interesting. They're really leaning into this narrative of, hey, this is the perspective of being a woman in the workplace. And you see more rhetoric coming from her of like, I don't feel like I earned this. She has a little bit of um, imposter syndrome coming into this role, which I thought was I thought that was a unique spin on the concept of it. But I love Nikki as a paralegal going like, why are you complaining? (laughs) It's it's this like two headed sword a little bit. It felt like it was a direct response kind of to last week's feedback of Jennifer Walters fighting with Bruce and being like, you don't understand. I get catcalled. And then a lot of people on the Internet were grouchy because they were saying, well, Bruce Banner has been on the run for over a decade plus. You need to maybe cut that guy a little bit of slack. And Mark, you and I talked about this last week. I we didn't think it was that egregious. I, we we felt like it made sense in the plot. Um, and I and I think they'll keep leaning into that narrative, and I don't have a problem with that narrative. I'm glad that there's characters around her to challenge that narrative. That's all I ask, and I think that's really good growth for her to see. Um, I, I ranted about the home visit for her meeting her parents and her aunt and uncle and her brother who gets a job at best buy as a manager what did you think of that mark well i wanted to come back before i touch on that the the guy who came into the office like as a welcoming basket named pug yeah had uh had a drawing to like the safe the nicest or safest bathroom nice uh, the best the best poop bathroom there you go and i was like (laughs) is this gonna come back up what was the point of telling us like (laughs) did you you want another four minutes there max where they talked and went to that bathroom (laughs) Like, that's, that's the four minute scene I where like, he, Mark. Where he gives you a tour of, of the bathroom. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Going, coming back to like her going to the dinner with her family, um, very much like I can I can get that vibe you're saying where clearly like they didn't want like there was a discussion before she showed up or like hey we're not going to talk about She Hulk or like anything but right away into like. <laughs> Hey, do you know Hawkeye? It's like literally, she just came out as a, a Green Hulk, She Hulk, and she just <laughs> she happens yeah, to know automatically Hawkeye. knows everybody. Yeah, for real. And then like the brother being like, "Yeah, I got it." You know, I'm a manager at Best Buy. To like, like there's obvious competition between the siblings. So <laughs> as she's a literal superhero, <laughs> yeah, just wild. Now, I felt it in my bones, guys. I'm telling you, it, that that really <laughs> was like about as well done of an awkward family dinner as you can get. And just the look on her face. Have you had dinners like that, Max, where you had to compete with your sibling? No, Austin, it's it's a little more my parents kind of do it. My sister and I don't they, do it. They pit you against each other. They they <laughs> they compare. They don't mean to compare. It, it's similar to the scene. Like you kind of nailed it. It's like I think I think they're trying to be positive, though. That's all they're trying. Yeah, to I think I think they were. I think that's how my parent that's in my family. That is the same kind of vibe. There is support. And I and that's what I liked about these parents was in a lot of these Marvel shows, you're seeing just a parent sucks or there's like a bad reputation. There's a bad relationship with a parent. I liked seeing what appears at least to be a healthy family 
where it's like, hey, you can come back home to us. I really, really like that. Did they make a comment about that? Like, uh, why are most like about adult adult orphans being superheroes? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> for some reason. It, it, to me, that really adds depth to to the character. I think some people might criticize that. I disagree. I, I would say this is a character that is grounded, and this is what gives her confidence. She has a good family life. Yeah, she's got a brother who's got a Best Buy job, but she can go home and have dinner with her family whenever she wants. There's a lot of people who would kill to have that. Just to speak to that, the uh, orphan comment, too, I think that goes a little bit to her meta you know kind of breaking the fourth wall narrative too that like she probably knows that you know she's in a show and she's i don't think she was breaking the fourth wall in that moment because but i like kind of felt those vibes when she was talking about the orphan you know she could potentially be talking about batman or any other uh superhero that could be mentioned so i I thought that was kind of a cool meta reference do you think we'll get now on that topic do we get to a point where she totally acknowledges that she can break the fourth wall or is she more like Zach Morris from Saved by the Bell, but where it just happens once in a while? It'd be great to see her and Deadpool have a little fourth wall. Oh off. That would just that be, would be awesome. great. I, I hope Marvel plays with that. I think they will. I hope they will. Um, I, just to talk about the post credit scene, too, I thought that was really funny how she was helping around around the house. And like, yeah. again, <laughs> yeah. I'm in a stage of life where I'm I really connected with this scene. guys. I got to tell you, <laughs> I'm in the stage of life where I'm carrying crap around for my parents all the time. <laughs> I loved it. I just I ate it up. I ate the whole thing up. I really that was just so perfect. Spot on. Let's talk about this Emil Blonsky scene. So, like, I, I referenced this in my review. He's a completely different guy. You know, namaste, doing the whole haiku bit. The only one that's a completely different person is Bruce Banner. Let's get real. <laughs> Another nice meta comment there. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I, and, and obviously, it, it really kind of does connect with the phone call that happens afterwards where she's she's ranting at Bruce and Bruce is trying to say, like, don't worry about it. It's water under the bridge. We figured it out, which to me says a lot about Bruce's character, too, of like just his his ability to forgive. I loved that, too. It was a very, very sweet and touching thing. And I think he also has this perspective of like, I'm going off planet. I've got other crap to do. I can't care about this person I fought 10 years ago. What did you guys think of Emil Blonsky? Are you cool with the direction they're going with Tim Roth's character, Isaac? Honestly, yeah. Like I, I was really curious to see how they're going to play this off, and I thought it totally fit. Like, if you, I mean, I granted I have not gone back and watched the Incredible Hulk for a really, really long time, but basically, Emil Blonsky in that is like a hit guy that the government does this experiment on, so he can compete with the Hulk, and he just kind of goes off. Right. They gave him the super soldier serum and he kind of goes off like off the rails and like they said, destroys Harlem. But like after he's I mean, he's still obviously got the powers. He's abomination. But like after all that is cooled off, like I feel like that makes sense that it's been years. Like why? Why should he be super rageful at the Hulk anymore? Like that movie, from what I remember from it, it seemed like a very like in the moment, like revenge, like, oh, man, I got to be better than you type of thing. And like he's been in jail for eight years. Like he doesn't like have to compete necessarily anymore. So like I thought that totally made sense. So, Mark, before I want to ask you a question before you say that, too, to add on to what you're going to say, Mark. Okay. Do you think that this defeats everything that's happened 
in the context of the Incredible Hulk? Or do you think this adds layers to it to people to go rewatch? I think this adds layers because like what I what I want to say where I think it does add layers where, yeah, he, he, he references it. He was basically a, a military person on loan to the U.S. government to go hunt Bruce Banner and Hulk. And under the direction of Director Ross or whatever, General Ross, to go get Hulk and kill him sure. or bring him in or whatever. And then their efforts are like, hey, here's some serum. Let's give it to you so you can combat him equally without any, any probably recourse of what might happen to this guy. Just like the Hulk goes crazy. This guy might have no control over that. They probably didn't care. So at the end of the day, yeah, he probably should have should be in a rehabilitation case where he can get out because it's like, hey, who I am now probably wouldn't have happened if I didn't take this contract with the U.S. government. So there, there's a little look at that. You know, I think it gives a total more layers to Incredible Hulk. And I, I love that they're, they're you know, they, they're not just like overshadowing Incredible Hulk. They're buying into that storyline with this. Yeah, they're, they're shooing it off. They're, they're doing what they did with Iron Man 2. They're saying, look, this is a change. We're acknowledging it. Here's the acknowledgement. Here's the funny joke. But, but then and here's the big tension with the show is a lot of people feel like Hulk got nerfed. And I, Robbie did say last week he did get nerfed. And this just kind of feeds more into that theory a little bit. It's like, OK, now Abomination is all about namaste. It's like it, it, it I think to some people, Mark, this is going to be this is going to be egregious. Hulk isn't really nerfed per se. Hulk turned into small, smart Hulk. So like when people compare his size to Incredible Hulk, it's well, Bruce Banner decided to take both parts of Hulk. So he's not going to be as big as he once was because he had probably control of that. And where my theory is it's probably going to come out and yeah, he's going to be gonna rage backfire. Hulk. It's, it's probably going to be to a point where Hulk becomes a villain. If maybe, or, you know, Hulk I mean, if they get again, right, so. if they go the World War Hulk route, I mean, they he's got to be the we talked about it last week. We'll, we'll, we're going to talk about that in a second. Yeah. OK, I'm just saying, like, that's when the people who are like, oh, they nerfed him. It's like there's going to be a big payoff. I like I, I'm betting money. There's going to be a big payoff where Hulk is back because like when people like compared like, oh, how does he get like run over by the car in the first episode? But he can like punch a giant like space like I forget what they're called. The Shintari like lizard, lizard thing. Where it's like, well, Hulk, like actual Hulk is in control of that body versus it's Bruce Banner in control of this body. So he's not going to have the same. And he doesn't want to hurt his Jeep or his cousin. And that too. Or his and cousin. all that. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't so want to break totally his Jeep. If, if real Hulk was fighting She-Hulk, totally different stories happening. So And that, and that's going to happen. It's, it's yeah. going to happen. And when that happens, She-Hulk will say, we're in trouble. That will be the moment that everybody in the MCU goes, Okay, we're in trouble. And they got to get Abomination out of prison to be part of the Thunderbolt. So, you know, well, yeah, we're going to talk about that in a sec, because he did reference seven pen pals. Do you think that was the Thunderbolts, Mark? It's got to be. Because here's where the timeline gets wonky. We're going to. Ju- OK, I'm going to just talk about the rest of the episode and then we'll talk about. The but we're assuming. Are we assuming those seven those other people? Well, are one, sec, one sec, one sec, one sec, one sec, because there's a timeline issue here, too, that I want to talk about with you. But potential. I don't think it's a timeline issue, but people are noticing it. So Blonsky pitches the case to her. She ref, she spends like 10 seconds because the show is 20 minutes um, <laughs> wrestling with this. 
uh, talks to Bruce. It's not really a conversation. It's her talking over him. Well, in him. all fairness, it was later in the day, so clearly a few hours went by, Max. It's fine. <laughs> he's in space, so it's not really day or night for him. That's neither here nor there. So he's, he's going off in space. In, in, a, in a different colored ship, too. You. In a different colored ship. I was just going to see. Mark, love it. Um, We're two peas in one pod. We're destined to do this forever, Max. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't know he's traveling and then the phone cuts off she accepts the case she checks out the news and we get the scene from shang chi where he's fighting wong in uh he's fighting wong in uh i forget the place it's called forgive me we all know the scene the i, I would honestly i'd say it's an iconic scene in the mcu here's the timeline issue here mark is that if blonsky went back he went back after that Shang-Chi fight. Okay. Why is he out of the prison? What do you mean? Because that is this episode. It says he's out of the prison. He escaped. So does this mean Wong took him somewhere? Does this mean he's with the Thunderbolts now? But, but are they saying he escaped because that's the video they got? Right. Or are we? He's saying- not there anymore. He's not there. Well, no, anymore. no, 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 no. Hang on. It says he escaped. So they probably just had the video. So do we actually know that he's out of the prison or was this video got out? So people are assuming he's out of the prison because they only have the video of him. Because if you remember that video, he comes back into the prison. So what you're saying is we don't have definitive proof that he's not out of his cell. Correct. And I, I actually thought of this when when I watched this episode, because in that news clip, they say it appears that he has broken out. So they have no other like news yeah. about this besides that video of like him fighting in the underground fight club or whatever. So they they're they're speculating that he broke out of prison because he's in this video somewhere else. But yeah, like like Mark said, I mean, Wong brings him back to the prison. in And then Chung two Chi, questions so. about that. Do they not have cameras of the prison or is someone also <laughs> in the workings of the prison to be like, hey, yeah. you know, here's this clip where like, well, will there or be like, Wong we'll get put a spell on. Yeah. The, on well, we get that where Wong's like, you know, the forgetful spell. I mean, like literally they that uh, yeah, but something or something that where you can put like an image like it looks like he's in the he's the sorcerer supreme. <laughs> he's not. He's the worst sorcerer supreme in the history of sorcerers. Oh, he's Goalie. Mark, honestly. If he was a scroll, I would feel redeemed about how he was treated in Multiverse of Madness. Because that's the question well, we too. Like, Mark, much, here's, here's a long question for you. Well, hang on, I got one more. We can back to. I just got talking to scrolls. We can almost confirm Nick Fury has been a scroll since uh, Age of Ultron. That hundred percent because of the cut. Yeah, the diagonal. Yeah, cut, right, right. Yeah. Well, here's. Do you think? Here's my question. Then, do you think they're going to kill Wong at the end of this thing? To kind of, he's going to be the Coulson. Or do you think it's going to be that he's a scroll to really, really just set this? Because Wong isn't everything. I hope it like, well, then I kind of hope it's it's a scroll to kind of tie into Secret War. Or, I mean, a Secret Invasion. And then like what happened to the real Wong? Yeah. And how long has he been gone? That would be a that would be wild for Doctor Strange. Because I'm, I'm assuming Wong and then for like, how do they mask it? So like Doctor Strange can't tell. So like, that'd well, be here's, the other, here's the other part is is. If if Doctor if he got the Sorcerer Supreme as a scroll, that's like a huge huge no no for for that whole section of this universe. Yeah. That's and a that, huge problem. And that would be the other question is like he Wong must have had, you know, must have been you know a, a sorcerer at some point where he the scroll takes over. Dude, if that, if Mark, that's the case. I think we're. 
I think we've kind of made a personal. Con- I, I think I've come to a conclusion that this explains why Wong was such a piece of trash in Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. Against Wanda. So I'm thinking maybe something during the blip happened where. Yeah, I'm thinking that too. Where, may, where maybe like maybe Wong's in on it too. Where it's like you gotta you gotta take this over because maybe actual Wong's dealing with something even more serious. Sure. Oh man, good theory. So here's another question. This is this is I don't know. We've probably been speculating this for a while too. But Wong obviously takes Abomination to the Underground Fight Club. Abomination already has been confirmed to be one of the Thunderbolts. So. Is Wong somehow connected to the Thunderbolts? Is he helping them get set up? Like, what does Wong have to do with Abomination? Well, I, being? I hope that's all explained in episode three, right? Well, yeah, like, you would hope so. <laughs> do you think she goes to New York and, like, interviews Wong? I mean, I would assume she's going to be talking to Blonsky about this for sure. But I don't, you know, I don't know. It Like, that, that begs the question is, is he still in prison? Is he in whatever, you know, safe place that Wong has for him? If he is still in prison, Jen's going to be talking to him about it for sure. I think for this first season, I can't see them, like, flipping the script, at, like, where she goes to, like, different cases, like, almost every other episode or something like that. I almost feel like this is going to be the case that she's on the whole, the whole season. I think this is going to be major one but so that's I mean, why i we think definitely have a couple of smaller ones in the in there. yeah yeah and then we gotta get True. daredevil involved somehow too right like, mm-hmm. like yeah we got seven more episodes let's talk about these easter eggs i referenced earlier so mark the sakaran ship you you nailed one of them it's a different colored ship mm-hmm. we've been kind of we went back and forth about scar last week you can hear our thoughts on that we're not going to rehash that has you have, have your theories changed Is anybody you'd add to that list no. Of like who he could be working with or for or like what Hulk is doing. I mean, I, to me, this feels like confirmation of World War Hulk. This feels like confirmation to me. But like to me, if it was World War Hulk, he's being abducted. Or like, are we going to find that someone that Hulk cares about? Like, who would he care about at this point enough to like go try to save them? He looked pretty comfortable in that ship and that desk that he was sitting at looked like it could have been his. Right. So like, he, like, he, so what is he going what is where is he going or is yeah. it something that captain marvel has or maybe this ties into miss marvel where captain marvel is like hey we need to go save this girl or i don't know it's, there's so much there's so many weeds i'm getting so like my brain could explode mark's getting lost he's getting lost in the weeds guys <laughs> no, no, help me throw me throw me a rap <laughs> guys what if bruce banner is a hulk I mean, what, oh what if Bruce Banner's a Hulk? <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> mind-blowing <laughs> revelation what <laughs> um, what if he is a scroll? <laughs> because this would explain why he's nerfed. This would explain why he didn't fight at all in Endgame. It doesn't necessarily explain how he could snap his fingers, but they could maybe science mumbo jumbo it. It would also explain why he's happy. Mm, I feel like if he or maybe was a, he became a scroll after all this hap- after Endgame. If he happened. was a scroll, it would have to be afterwards because I feel like he if he was a scroll and he did the snap, he would have. Yeah, you, you're right. You can't yeah. you can't take that away as a storytelling thing either. Right. You're like, absolutely right. And then with like he he makes that like wrist bracelet device to you know make him bruise. Sure. So it's, I don't know why you, if yeah, he was a scroll. That would definitely be a if he was a scroll, that wouldn't it wouldn't it, yeah, the blood yeah. wouldn't have worked in her. You're right. You no, know, this this is really fun, guys, speculating about who could be scrolls again. This throws me back to like way back at the beginning of the Infinity Bros podcast when we were speculating that every single person in the MCU was a scroll. 
And then, and then last year they announced that they're going to do Secret Invasion. So like, yeah, anybody, so we're at a point where anyone, anyone could be a scroll. Like that's literally the world we live in. The MCU. <laughs> I love it. Um. Yeah. So yeah, we have no real new theories to add on that, except some of us think uh, uh, Bruce Banner's Hulk. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no way. I don't believe it. I know. I don't believe it. I know. Everybody, calm down. Uh, Tatiana Maslany's Jennifer Walters has on her lock screen a picture of America's ass. Captain America uh, from behind is on there. You can see that. See, when you said America's shop. ass, not Captain America's ass right away, I just thought of like the country of the United States <laughs> with like a pair, like a butt on it. And like, I don't know why my mind went there. <laughs> that's never changed, Mark. Uh-huh. So never that's, change. that's where I went. <laughs> maybe i don't know that would be a a nice like metaphor for that clearly she has some obsession with captain america she does and i love it i'm here for it i think it's hilarious yeah do you think do you think knowing this a good bit will old man cap show up at all in this series no not in this series but he is coming back <gasps> down the line we've talked about this he's coming do back think, down the do line you think sure. we're gonna get old man cap and they're gonna use what they did in endgame where they accidentally sent time through um ant-man to make him young 100 percent yeah picture this picture this she hulk buckle up everybody season, buckle up she hulk season two they open up and old man steve rogers is getting just publicly dragged through the mud because of all the stuff that they found out he did going back in time now daredevil wants to prosecute him and she hulk is the defending attorney like that's See, a comic book storyline. Like we that would be working, working for Daddy Feige. Exactly. Um, we also get confirmation that the Celestial is in this universe. I've had a theory that the Eternals uh, are not in this universe, but they are, and we get this confirmation on an email. Uh, no, I'm not sorry, on a website screen that confirms that there's a giant uh, hand. Was that somebody's in- theory that the, these Eternals weren't? Yeah, I've had that theory for a little bit Hmm. because I was like, it also explained why the movie is so not referenced at all. But it also could explain you could hop multiverses with Star Fox. I go I go back to this thought when um, when people are like, why wouldn't people be talking about it or like, why is it not a big issue? I just go through a little something that we all have been through is covid we're just no longer shocked by big things anymore. No, there's things that are said on the news we never talk about. You're right. Exactly. So I feel like something like this out in the ocean, or there's like, you know, we got blipped like four years ago. I could care less. <laughs> like, whatever. There's been crazier things, right? Yeah, like that's that's where I think this world is at, where it's like, 100%. Did anyone die? No? Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. What's happening it's tomorrow? It's in the middle of like, yeah, it's in the middle of the ocean. Has it really affected anybody? Oh, wow. That's weird. The big, big reveal that this was like brand. This was news to me right before Mark and I got on. Mark kind of told me this. So there is a line that basically references a man fighting in a bar with metal claws. This appears to be an indication that the X-Men are in this universe in the context of Wolverine. At least Wolverine is in this universe. Or someone who also uses metal claws like Elektra. But it said a man. Maybe, but I mean, like it's. This feels to me like with what happened with Miss um, Marvel, that's what they're doing. And it's something that like the character of Wolverine would absolutely be in a bar fight with Claws. So they're like totally that totally makes sense. So, yeah, I 
I love that reference. I thought that what was an awesome. obscure spot to put it in. Yeah. And they knew people were going to pick that out. Like, I mean, that's oh, all yeah, they know. That's awesome. They know. Yeah. That's She-Hulk. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. I like it. Uh, yeah. Mark, thanks for coming on. <laughs> I'm always glad to be a part of this. <laughs> Tried to slow down my editing because I got to two Then, now, and forever. Thank you. Uh, Isaac, thank you for coming on and being on today. And I hope you're not a scroll. I hope not either. <laughs> That's something a scroll would say. <laughs> <laughs> How many of the Infinity Rose are scrolls, do you think? Zane, for sure. Oh, Zane's definitely a scroll. He's not even Zane, hiding it. He's been a scroll this whole time. Jarrett, Rock. <laughs> Zane, are you sure you're Zane? Uh, my name's above my closet. Thank you very much. <laughs> Why do you think I have this right here in my room? It's because I'm the real Zane, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, thank you, Infinity Bros Universe. Thank, uh, wherever you listen, however you listen, thanks for making us part of your podcast experience. Uh, as we talked about at the top of the show, you can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can see all the links we talked about in the show notes. And uh, check out episode two of She-Hulk right now on Disney+. Plus. As always, we'll leave you guys 3,000. We'll see you later. See ya. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Infinity Bros Podcast. You can find the Infinity Bros on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Infinity Bros. Feel free to send listener feedback via email at infinitybrospodcast at gmail.com.